Do you really want me to alter your voice so you sound like a robot? Um, you know what's funny? I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you're aware, but people actually do listen to you in Japan. To my show? Yes. I did get an email once from someone. Yeah. Uh, in and Japan. I know that at least one show is followed by people who know me. Uh. And. They definitely listen to my podcast. They let me know quite often that like, they listen to my podcast. Wait, so in so, this one show, what do you mean? I'm, I'm sorry, this one blog. Oh, okay. Over there. Do they link to you like, every time you host or something? Not every time. Mm. But they often answer questions that I put up in my podcast on their blog. Whoa. Even when they're not posting about... Anything that has to do with what I was talking about, they'll usually just drop in a little <laughs> message uh, at the end of the of, of their of entry. Yeah. Do they let you know, or do they just do it? No, because they know I'm. They know that you're reading. I know that I'm blog. reading. Yeah. What? Yeah. Is it like? Well, I don't even know. Like, if you're gonna talk anonymously, then I guess I'm not gonna introduce you or use your name. Exactly. <laughs> do you want to have a code name? You don't. You don't have to give me a code name. I mean, we can just talk. That's you fine. Know. But um, but I want to, yeah. But the people in the blog are they like hey so and so by the way yeah. blah blah blah. It's, yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like for example, a few weeks back, uh huh, I reviewed the Haruhi manga, and yeah. I had a question about um. Oh yeah, you were like, is this the good one or the bad one? Yeah, is this the good one or the bad one? And why is there a Karogawa Shoten logo on the spine? Is the Empress doing a co-branding thing with them. Yeah. And basically, I got an answer. What was it? And it was like... They're not doing a co No, and they're wondering why that <laughs> is also. <laughs> the design department's like, should we remove this? And so I was yeah. like, I don't know, whatever, print. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Um, so, well, did it turn out, do they have the good one or the bad one? Apparently they have the good one. Okay. Yeah. I read it too, and I'm like, eh, yeah, I maybe mean, this is a bad one. Yeah, yeah. I, that's why I asked in that podcast. But um, I, I can definitely say that. Um, that I mean, even if, even if, even if this one is not great, and I wouldn't say it's great. Yeah. Apparently, the other one was much, much worse. Ah, uh, the art was kind of scribbly. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. weird art. I mean, it's it's it get, it can get really bad when people are adapting anything. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to, to manga from that particular publisher, Tadagawa yeah. Shoten, they really, I mean, it's, it kind of, yeah, they really just don't care. Oh, like it's, it's, it's just another revenue stream for them. Because I, uh, I read for reviews Inukami and one of the dot .hack books that's like dot .hack 4x, but right. the art in those was, I thought, well, pretty good. Yeah, Inukami is a little bit, a little different. Mm. Uh, the main reason that I say that is 
yeah, it's a media mix title. Yeah. But the publisher who does that, uh, Media Works, which is actually a part of the Kadogawa umbrella, uh, ironically, they are they are essentially just a manga, light novel, and video game mook publisher. So oh. they cater to fans. Okay. And they know they really know their their fan base well Mm -hmm. and they know that if the art isn't at least tolerable people are definitely not going to buy their books oh okay so they actually make an effort to find artists um either that one are writing i mean are drawing for the light novel artists already so they have so they are familiar with you know what the character designs are supposed to look and can can keep, keep them consistent right or they are already professional mangaka so for mm-hmm. example uh, i was surprised by the manga of guran lagan okay <clears throat> now that was drawn by uh mori kotaru uh, who was the artist for straight little devil and straight little devil was his entire you know original story yeah so and it was an actual story with a plot yeah um so he was he's a professional mangaka he's not just some scrub they found someplace <laughs> who just needed to make some money okay. you know who was maybe just drawing covers for light novels or something uh. so Goran Lagan not only looks good uh, the moments where the story actually goes off on its own and it starts to reveal additional elements to the story that were not in the anime mm-hmm. it does that really well oh, and okay. I was really surprised pleasantly surprised because I was really ready to just hate it yeah and no it's actually it actually holds up relatively well on its own so, oh, okay yeah. It's, yeah i guess it's kind of a mixed bag then when it comes to adaptations yeah <laughs> the reason i really wanted to record you was because you just spent time in japan working at a manga publisher should we right. not name the publisher yeah i don't it's it's funny because as, as i told you and noah before yeah um this publisher doesn't really even put most of their staff under the masthead and and any publication whether it's magazines that they release or the books they release yeah so i mean in general in manga it's difficult to say like were there assistants on this and how many like once in a while you get someone who's like i'd like to thank my five assistants and they give them all names and that's you know those are assistants and those people aren't being paid by the publisher right directly the manga company pays them yeah so they're not beholden to the publishing house though but when you it's funny because the publishing house does put out the the want ads and they also occasionally are part of the vetting process Mm. i mean you don't you don't see those guys credited for anything right but with like magazines in the states usually they have like this is our editorial staff like on a page or yeah even with yen plus it's like here are all the people who work on it and little tiny thumbnails of ourselves and long descriptions of what we like Yeah, and you might even see like who the letterer is or who the advertising agent is or or who the translator was yeah exactly yeah but not the case in Japanese magazines. Not, not often. I mean, not unless uh, their artist missed the deadline, and then there's a page saying <laughs> the editor sincerely apologizes <laughs> that it did not appear this week. Then they name you by name. <laughs> uh, absolutely. <laughs> that would be uh, rough if, like, you didn't see your friend for like a few months or someone you didn't know well, and you're like, I wonder what so and so is up to lately. And then you're reading your favorite manga magazine, and it's oh. like so and so apologizes, and I'm like, oh, that's what, I guess he was working he's, there. Yeah, he's. And he's not doing very good, I guess. <laughs> or or his artist is dying or something. Or <laughs> his artist died. Ran away. <laughs> or in the case of, uh, oh, what's her name? 
who does like family complex and princess princess her retina is detached and she almost went blind and was in the hospital for two weeks but the editor sincerely apologizes that yeah. these installments are missing because the artist was having eye surgery yeah it's, it's kind of funny um recently was a peach pit was one of the one of the two members of peach pit was sick okay they oh, were hospitalized like Shugo and, yeah exactly yeah. And because they work for a number of publications all at once, yeah, this is one of the rare situations where I actually saw like the artists apologize. Oh, where they're just and like, "I'm they, sorry, my partner is sick." Yeah, exactly. Uh, there was there were serious medical emergencies, and we apologized to all magazines and all <laughs> readers. We we're really trying to get back to work soon because they're running in I believe three magazines at once, and they're all like either biweekly or monthly. So oh. there was a lot of. That's a lot of content. It's a lot of work. Yeah. So they put it, yeah, they put it up on their website for everybody to see. Yeah. That was like the very first, and and it was spread all you know through the through the Japanese interwebs. Because <laughs> that's one thing we've been talking about a lot uh, during this convention is the schedule of a weekly mangaka. Yeah. So the uh, what's the book that you got? Yeah, the, the book that I got you is uh, pretty sure people who listen to this podcast are. are might have heard the name Kazuo Koike. Yeah, um, hopefully. Hopefully. If, yeah. if you haven't, uh, you fail. Oh, and, and you can check the links, <laughs> and I will link back to prior Koike-related episodes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kazu, yeah, Kazuo Koike is one of... Um, well, he, he's, 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 a, he's a well-renowned manga writer. He's like, been in the business for... About forty years or so now. Mm, but it's, Possibly, you know, Lone Wolf and Cub. Yeah, and crying best known for, for Lone Wolf and Cub and Crying Freeman. He's also the mentor of I can't even count how many uh, mangaka. If you've like a generation of manga. Yeah, I mean, if you've read. And did oh is Rumiko Takahashi one of his people? Yeah, okay, uh, Rumiko Takahashi is possibly one his. his uh, he says that Rumiko Takahashi is his was his prodigy. And I'd like to uh, mention, I think I've said it on the show before, Rumiko Takahashi, I think, is the best-selling female mon- like comic artist in yeah, the world. Yeah, female comic artist. Yeah. She's the queen of comics. And, you know, that, that in, in Takahashi, you know, he created a person who does exactly his ideal of manga, and that's character-based uh, storytelling. Mm. So this book? This book is manga. It's called Daigaku Manga. Um, and it is published by the Osaka Institute of Art, uh, where Kazuko Ike has, uh, he's, he's a professor there. He teaches basically manga. And Manga Dagaku, this magazine, is, is just basically Manga University. And it showcases his artists, uh, the people that he's basically teaching. Uh, it also showcases many of the people who he has tutored along the way and mentored along the way. And, so it has like chapters from uh, some of the students, but then there's also sections of text, right? Yeah, uh, those essays. For, for example, this issue, he is talking to Shimomoto Kazuhiko, uh, who is best known for Hueru Pen and Moeru Pen and Aoi Hono. And uh, so basically, that's like burning pen, and <laughs> screaming pen, and and the blue flame. You know, uh, the comics about creating comics uh, essentially Uh-oh. and having you know the burning passion just scream from your pen <laughs> this guy's this guy's been published in shigaka Con for the longest time and he many people consider this guy to be one of the the best voices of like of the mangaka uh-huh. you know being able to really express not necessarily the the ins and outs of being a mangaka but 
the the passion that among them must have to be able to just go out there and and give their fans the best <laughs> right you know, week in and week out do you think it would be okay to like translate part of the chart if it's like yeah, where it's yeah. from and be sure. like okay because it lays out the schedule of a weekly manga cut where yeah. there's not a lot of sleep on the schedule yeah, yeah. There, he has three yeah. hours off on saturday there's a, there's a chart in there uh that focuses on another one of koika's students uh, an artist from weekly shonen jump it basically details hour by hour um on a 24 hour 24 hour schedule what this artist does uh for example on sunday he writes thumbnails for 19 hours of the day <laughs> Uh, only to take uh, a two-hour nap. Right, and sleep from, for three hours. Yeah, a two-hour nap to sleep from 6 to 7 in the morning. Uh, and then he has breakfast at 8. He will not eat again until more than 24 hours later. Yeah. Uh, at, at 7 and 8 p.m., he will have a meeting with his editor. And then he will draw <coughs> his thumbnails. He will complete his thumbnails through the night. Uh, non-stop for 10 hours, meet with his editor when it's done, take another short nap, then eat for the first time in what would then be 30 hours. <laughs> Does he eat with his editor, maybe? I don't know. May, uh, maybe? To only start drawing the cover yeah. and doing color art. And what? once again, not eat for, this time, 18 hours. Yeah. Take a nap, eat, and then start drawing. And when he starts drawing, he only eats twice a day. Yeah. Uh, for the next four days. Yeah. Uh, with only, with only uh, three, four-hour sleep breaks in right. between. And the assistants come in on what, like Tuesday or Wednesday? They come in once they start actually drawing the manga. So yeah. that's yeah, that's Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm sorry, that's Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. and. They leave on Saturday at f at five a.m. and then he finally he finally actually gets to sleep seven hours. <laughs> Wait, yeah. yeah, it goes on like this. I'll try and post some kind of summary and, or something yeah. because it's really and after painful and cra and crazy looking. Yeah. And, like, and and we were looking at this and he he only gets three hours off to himself. Right, where he's not working on the comic. Yeah. Yeah, and that's for weekly comics. We were saying like monthly, com like manga artists, their schedule is maybe not as dire. Yeah, it's not quite as intense. Right. But you also have to remember that page count is also increased. Uh. And at least it was my experience with artists. Most often than not, editors want to have at least like a month, want people to be a month in advance. Ooh. So when you're starting off, you know, there's a little bit of catch up. Uh, to be made to get on track then you can kind of at least in this industry yeah coast a little bit you'll actually have you might have like four days off in a month Whoa. which would be awesome because editors will make it too oh no right so that was your schedule when you were in japan was like you got two saturdays off a month two saturdays off yeah and the work day was like was, 11 a.m it was it, it i mean we were supposed to be there from 11 to 7. Yeah. It wasn't uncommon for us to be there 11 to 11. Okay. And then, then drinking. <laughs> right. From um, 11 to 4 a.m. Right. Uh, we would go to dinner. Yeah. Uh, we didn't do this every single day, but we, but we would go to dinner and then change venues yeah. and then go drinking. 
And we'd usually end up wrapping things up either somewhere between 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. <laughs> so it really depended on when we would leave. We'd either crawl out and then take a cab home. Yeah. Or we would crawl out and take the train because they start up at 6 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, well, a little, a, little bit before, a little bit before them. Yeah. But usually if we were crawling out to catch a train, mm-hmm. we wouldn't go home. We'd go back to the office and sleep. Yeah. Like uh, on a couch or on a couch or, or on the sleeping floor. The, yeah, exactly. The sleeping floor. That <laughs> might be revealing too much. Oh. Uh, but at least at the place, at this particular publishing house, yeah. you you could go to the seventh floor. I'm like publishing house X. <laughs> <laughs> and they have beds and, and a shower and people can just crash. <laughs> or if you're in my case, because I thought it was kind of creepy going down there. Yeah. Um. Mainly because we, we actually had guests stay there sometimes. Oh, okay. So. But, but also artists. Yeah. If we're yeah. on deadline. On deadline. For me, I'd rather just stay up in the office mm-hmm. and either sit on one of the couches in front of the widescreen TV we had in there or sit in the couch behind where the <clears throat> one of the head editors sat. I was very fortunate to be close friends with this man, so, so he didn't okay mind. That. Yeah. You doing that? But he wasn't really too cool with me, like, talking to staff, um, like, if I couldn't sleep. Oh. So. Like, please don't talk to the staff if you can't sleep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was kind of a little awkward. Because, I mean, you're, you're, work, you're, supposed to be, you're supposed to be at work. Yeah. If you're at work, you should, be, you should be working, unless you're not capable of working. Oh, I see. You know, so either. Not like in an American office where people spend a long part of the day yeah hanging out yeah so you know if i was if i was hanging around i should have either turned off which meant fall asleep right and they would leave me alone yeah and and uh they would let me sleep basically or i should not be in the office if i wasn't working Working. on something Uh, okay so most uh so most manga artists work from home right yeah but oh some 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 manga actually have offices that aren't Home. Right, like Clamp moved to an office after they lived in an apartment where they one of them slept in the closet for years or whatever. But uh, th- I think I read a column that was interesting like that where they were like, now we're commuting, it's so interesting. <laughs> like, where I can't imagine, like, I guess they said when they worked out of a single apartment, what would wake them up in the morning is when deliveries came, mm. like when messengers would come to the door mm. and they found that very unpleasant because yeah. messengers would come extremely early right. in the morning. When the NHK would come over asking for their... Yeah. TV bill. And it wakes everyone yeah. in the office up. Um, but you said that at Mysterious Publishing House X that <laughs> occasionally uh, like artists who were close to the deadline would be dragged into the office by yeah. their editors who then walk around their desk yeah. in a circle until yeah. they finish. That's a lot of pressure. I don't, well, I don't like it when anyone... We, we have to understand that this, this, is an, this is a, a huge industry yeah. to begin with. Yeah. And there are a lot of pressures to just get things done. And you can't miss... Particularly if you're working for a weekly, you, yeah. you can't miss a deadline. Right. I mean, there is no, you can't push back the magazine a day. Yeah. It's not possible. Right. Cause it's you can't be late by, you can't be late by hours because things have to be turned around and, yeah, there's uh, not. and sent all the way across, you know, this, this, it's, yeah, sure, Japan's a small country. Yeah. But there's not like padding in the, the schedule. Yeah. yeah. There's no, there's none of that. Right. So much so that at least at the place where I was at, not only were the artists were some artists there but 
sometimes the printers were there also. Yeah. <laughs> they were like waiting for the artist waiting. to finish. Not, well, not just waiting for the artist, but oh, waiting, waiting for, for the editors else. to be done. You know, yeah, the next process of just to grab all the files and go, or just approve the files and then scan them off. I mean, send them off to go. You know, yeah. <laughs> that that's how tight things were. It's I don't. It's weird, like. I think from talking to like friends of mine and things who have like office jobs or whatever, mm. how often in American work culture, like deadlines get blown or deadlines aren't very serious mm. or the schedule is kind of a joke. Mm. And I don't know, like I end up hearing weird things like that, like, oh, we were supposed to have this done by, you know, May, but actually it turned into August. But mm. I mean, it's not for a weekly magazine. So, mm-hmm. but I did want to sort of walk through how what the editor does okay like when or like what an editor's role is in the manga making process <laughs> like from yeah, and what they do um in japan yeah um well i mean an editor does quite a bit um i, I was talking to noah a little while ago mm-hmm. and you know an editor not only edits the comic he He's often the person researching, providing the research for the comic, you know, depending on what type of story it is. Yeah, like uh, if you were doing like something set in another country, they would yeah. look up like yeah. reference yeah. for you. Uh, it's quite possible that, that the manga would never have set foot in those places. And it's, well, maybe the editor has or hasn't either, but yeah. they would research almost every little detail possible to provide the mangaka a foundation to work with. Right. Do you get like reference, like photographic reference or yeah. like books or something like that? Yeah. You know, they're part of the marketing of each comic. They are also in charge of handling the license to those titles. So if somebody wants to adapt it in a TV show or into a movie, uh, they want to get a license overseas. Yeah. Um, they turn to the editor. They turn to, yeah, I mean, they, these public, publishing houses have licensing departments. Yeah. And there and those licensing departments in the end are ultimately re- ultimately going to be responsible for maintaining those licenses. But the editor themselves, uh, they're actually out there looking for people or getting solicitations you know, ah. from from people who are interested in these titles. And it sounds like they're do- they're taking care of everything. You know, like anything that the manga artists can't leave their desk to take care of. Which yeah, is, which I is mean, almost everything because which they're, is almost everything because I mean there are there are schedules a, nonstop. On a, you know, they're on occasion cleaning up pages. On occasion, they're laying down the text for their for their artists. On occasion, mm-hmm. they're you know adjusting, cropping, cutting and pasting, making the logo, um, numbering things. It wasn't uncommon to to be to get you know the manuscript that was quote-unquote completed yeah and then literally have to put 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 in 20 hours to actually make it ready to go into the magazine right and that would be almost non-stop and um if you don't mind me asking like so what like what was your title there like you weren't were you an editor there or not well technically i wasn't really given a title at least not in that department right they're like kind of a special yeah it was something that it was, it was a very special deal yeah. where I was given an opportunity to just kind of experience. Now, with another department for that same publisher, you know, I, I was I was doing translation as well as some consulting, so that was a little different. Yeah. But in, particularly in their fiction and marketing departments. Right. But. Uh, but I wanted to. I do want to talk about you how like uh, what how much 
influence the editor has on a title like with the the weekly shonen jump mm-hmm. guys schedule like how much is that how much control does the editor have where he's like changing the story or uh, anything you know in shonen jump it would be a little different from the magazine that i was with yeah um shonen jump artists are artists are given contracts uh, by shueisha mm-hmm. it gives them a little more control of their properties also allows shueisha to have a little more control in other ways about you know who they're, who's going to be animating their, these stories if that happens or how they're going to market certain stories uh, you know when that happens the house that I was working with and, partic- and particularly the the magazine I was working with you know editors were I mean I won't say that they were writing scripts or anything but they had a lot more control than most people might know. Yeah. For example, one title that I was very familiar with, um, the edit- it had two editors, and you know the editors were providing not only the research, but they were providing like they were setting up you know what the plot, essentially what the plot was going to be for that chapter. Yeah. And it was the mangaka's job to realize this and then try to try to then work with the the writer for that story to to make it work with the script that was created mm. after the fact. And, you know, the mangaka was really just there to make all this happen in, right. in, in a sequential art format, mm. you know. Yeah, you have to be extremely talented to do all that. And, I, you know, I'm not going to deny the mangaka's uh, skill level for any of that and, and all the work that he's put in. Yeah. But this title would not, would not have been as successful if not for those two editors that were working their ass offs to make this right. a very enjoyable and very much realistic type of story. I'm like, oh, that title. Anyway. Yeah, that title. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this other title. Uh, I, I can actually say the, the name of this title, Hyogenmono. Mm-hmm. So I guess people know who's, who this publisher is now. Oh. Um, well, they don't have to. I can, yeah, I guess. Know. Whatever. You know, the, the editor for that, not the editor for that thought up um, the setting, mm-hmm. thought up the characters, thought up uh, the the, the storyline for every chapter. Yeah. Thought up the the, the, the the titles for every for every chapter, uh, the the themes that we're going to be focused on. The only thing that the, the one thing that the mangaka came with initially was just character design. And then the editor was like, "That's great. Now these characters can be doing this." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and. But it's kind of. I mean, it's agreed upon from the beginning, yeah. right? It's almost like, that almost makes it seem like it's almost like a commissioned work, but then does the editor's name stay off of it? Absolutely. Yeah. So then yeah. it's just all attributed to the artist and you never really know how much the editors were involved. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, at least in some cases, people don't want the editor, they don't want to, they don't need to know what the editor is doing because, <laughs> I mean, at least, at least it's, it's, it's the, it's, it was the feeling for, for, for this magazine that anybody could be an editor you can just pull off some of from some the, street, on the street yeah and they can be an editor i mean i was helping <laughs> you're like come on i was helping yeah. so <laughs> okay yeah um, i mean but 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 a manga has you have you have to be talented to be a manga right that's that, that was basically his what he wanted to express that way yeah i mean i guess kind of what was going for also like there's a certain american company that i'll not name i guess but they commissioned a title from a Japanese manga artist, and they were like, we want you to do a manga based on property Y or whatever. And they were like, 
go for it. And the right. artist was very lost. He's like, okay, right. like here's some character designs and I guess I'll start drawing. But right. the, their feedback on this title was sort of like, can you make the character's pants a little tighter here? Yeah. Like they didn't really have story feedback. No. And it seemed like, so in a, in a meeting with an editor, like what sorts of things are they usually commenting on? It's funny because the people, possibly the last things that people comment on you know, in editor meetings here, mm-hmm. yeah, whether it's you know manga or, or comics, at least I feel. I'm, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but I, I have done some editing in the states before. So yeah, because it seems like they're just kind of like for a lot of the productions that are kind of coming out now that are like the homegrown type of mm. uh, manga like titles uh, ends up being like the artist is kind of on their own for six yeah. months or something to produce half a book, and then the editors don't have that kind of page-by-page page chapter mm-hmm. involvement. It's mm-hmm. just sort of like, this is either approved or it's not, and some here are some very general mm-hmm. guidelines. Uh, I mean, what, what, what the editor does is they, they'll see the thumbnails as they're being made in, in progress, and they'll evaluate primarily on readability. And now, I say readability because, and I want to I I emphasize this, because uh, readability is what makes manga manga. And it's a vi- it's a visual readability. It's not exactly the script. If you're checking the, just the script for readability, that's something different. But you yeah. mean like how your eye is drawn across the page? Exactly, layout. And like, does the action make <coughs> sense from panel to panel? Right. right. So I remember reading someplace once um, that at a that at a panel, a, a, an editor or a, I think he's now a publisher mm-hmm. was asked, you know, what do the panels? What do the <coughs> what do the frames? And, and manga mean and why are the gutters a certain width yeah oh like and, that one blog article pointing out like the horizontal gutters exactly, are always wider yeah. than the vertical yeah gutters. exactly and this editor now publisher just he didn't know well if you were in Japan yeah and you were submitting something yeah after the editor would look at what the story would be like and look at the character designs mm-hmm. he would if you had drawn out like Say five, I mean, say six to ten, twenty pages or so. Yeah. Um, the editor will be like, "Just the rough." Let's so. look. Yeah. yeah. They'll be like, "Let's talk about this layout." Yeah. And let me tell you where you need to make this better. Better because I'm because conf- either I'm confused or it's moving too slow. Yeah. Because of the of the of the layout, or you you're making things too complex or too confusing. Yeah. Because what you have to do is make sure that you have a certain fluidity. Yeah. Uh, it's your eyes are always. Because in manga, there's the, generally there's a lot. There's just a lot of data in every single panel. Yeah. And that's why you have panels because you want to give those pages structure. Right. And the gutters are there to kind of allow readers to slow down, to think. Yeah. To interpret the way they want and then move forward. Okay. Now. Sometimes you'll notice that gutters aren't even there. There's just a line breaking two panels. Yeah. That's because the 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 transition is instantaneous. Oh. There's just there is no nothing. Yeah, it's my understanding that gutter like from I don't know reading Scott McCloud books or something that like gutters are usually a passage of time, and mm-hmm. so how you play with them is a cue to the reader to as to how much time has passed. Mm-hmm. So. And when when panels all of a sudden overblow and they're out of they go into the bleed and stuff. Mm-hmm. You're no longer experiencing a story from the character's perspective. You're definitely, a, you're definitely at a third person point of view. Oh, 
and to take that even to other extremes you might have situations where there are just you'll hardly see any gutters whatsoever yeah and then you're just in the the, the character's state of mind oh. and that's completely lost i believe in in western comics yeah uh, I, and i think it's entirely something that nobody knows about in western manga yeah because it's it's it is something that's getting lost and i think that the only place I've really read about that much is in, like, Scott McCloud's most recent book. There's a chapter about manga, and mm. he talks about how when he worked at, I forget, DC or Marvel or whatever mm. in New York, and he would walk down to the Kinu Kinea during mm-hmm. the 80s when manga was really booming, and he would just flip through things, and maybe they weren't shrink wrap then. But uh, he said how there were perspectives that were in manga that weren't being used in American comics, mm. whether or not they were just, like, a first-person thing or, like, certain kinds of perspective shots that are just... Mm-hmm totally absent from American comics. Mm-hmm. And I think I get that a bit when I read an American comic. It's not just the narration. It's also like some of the point of view shots that mm-hmm. help you as the reader understand what's going on mm-hmm. are just not there. Like no one has used them. And those panels are really critical to just let you know what you should be, what you should be seeing in this, on, on these pages. Yeah. And then also even where the dialogue is placed is all it's, it tells you where the action is going to be happening. You know, yeah, you'll have like one bubble like uh, on the top right corner, character art right in the middle, art bottom right corner, mm-hmm. bottom left corner. I'm sorry, it it forces the eye to move in this right to left direction. Yeah, moving with the way the pages are are, are flowing and how Japanese is read, obviously. Right, I know that was big. That came up in debates when people were like unflopping manga or when they were like, yeah, you because can't flop I mean, because people read left to right in English. Right. So it's natural for them to kind of have to go, for us to go, you know, left to right and then go back, right to left, mm-hmm. left to right and then go back, right to left. Yeah. And yeah, it's not it's not conducive to reading manga and, and that's, yeah. I, I understand why flipping was something that needed to be done. Yeah. I'm not entirely opposed to it, but mm. this is the way the, the, the comics were intended to be. Yeah, that there's a lot of thought that was put into yeah. the, dire- the, eye, the eyes flow across the page. Yeah. So right, that's something that an editor really goes through definitely in a fine detailed way they'll spend they might spend maybe half the time of a meeting just kind of doing that and and actually if you look at the schedule that 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 this has the time spent discussing those thumbnails and getting that layout is equal to all the rest of the time that that they actually do the finer drawing yeah Yeah. their editor so it's they spend more time just doing that than anything else. Just discussing the panel. Just discussing the panel. It's not always something that I notice when I read manga, but like I haven't read that much Rumiko Takahashi yet. Mm. But um, when I was reading One Pound Gospel, there was just even the first volume. There was a really great sequence where like I was able to read the action in a way that I was like, yeah. that was brilliant. Like I was carried through. Right. And sometimes in a manga that's not as good, I'll definitely have moments where it's like oh, someone was throwing a shoe on this page and mm-hmm. it hit the guy in the back mm-hmm. on the next page, but the shoe was only in the very tiny last panel on the mm-hmm. previous page, and then it's too small on the next page, hitting mm-hmm. the guy to realize, like, wait, someone was throwing something and something mm-hmm. happened and it didn't really... But, like, that's so important to the story. To, like, it totally breaks the flow of the story. Yeah. Like, oh, what happened? Or I had a really weird experience reading the Speed Racer manga when they reprinted it, mm-hmm. where I was reading the dialogue too fast, and there's not much. Mm-hmm. And then totally losing what was happening because I was really supposed to be reading the action of the car race mm-hmm. to know what happened. But because of the way I'm well, kind of used to reading, I would just be like, okay, well, yeah. 
the dialogue's going to give you a clue. Yeah, in a situation like that, too, I mean, that's when other elements come to play, like Mampu. And I've discussed Mampu in other places before. Okay. Um, What is it again? Mampu are are visual cues. Yeah. They're like visual effects. Okay. Like, you know, speed lines and having, like, panels that are all black. Or Uh, when you see the frames of the panels, they're no longer square, they're rounded off. Oh. To tell you that this is either a memory or a flashback. Oh, okay. Or or someone's someone's uh or someone's thoughts like someone's fantasies or something yeah these are little visual cues that also help you help the reader look at the comic at a at a specific way mm-hmm. so they they also channel the eye in a certain way so for example like in hikaru no go you'll have these great panels where not only are you seeing the, the board you know the go board uh-huh. uh but you know exactly where that stone is going to go because the speed lines are funnel you into you know, that part of Ah, uh, he's going the board. for that yeah. 25-3 yeah. or whatever. Or then, you know, Takeshi Ibarra will just go completely nuts and he'll show you the, the go board from underneath. Yeah, you're looking like up a, through yeah, exactly. in an impossible like, camera angle. Yeah. But what would be cool about that, not only is this, this unreal, right, but look at that panel. There, there are no frames at all because this is impossible. <laughs> yeah. This is un, this is this is unreal. Right. This this can't be done in any re- real reality whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So it's so insane it breaks out of the molds of manga, the con- the constructs of manga. Uh, and when they take down the uh, the gutters, then it's a cue, a visual cue to you that it's not. Yeah. Something that's real. Yeah. In that situation, it's just this is so insane. It just it destroyed you know whatever whatever glue that was holding this comic together. It it seems to me like this is the kind of thing that people might learn in like an SV, like school the school of visual arts in America or something mm. like a school that teaches comic making. But I don't know that they do. I don't know that they ever use manga as an example necessarily. Depending on like mm. the staff, like in some of the art schools that I've heard about, like the my coworkers went to, professors mostly came, came from like an American comic background and mm-hmm. were not really or they they would be kind of dismissive of manga or the students who were really into it would all try and draw anime style. Mm. And it's also kind of like looked down on like mm. and ghettoized like, mm. oh, you're drawing anime style characters. Right. So we don't need to take you seriously. I mean, art is important to comics, but it's more it's like the language of comics. The language of comics is more it's is more much important. more important. Yeah. I mean, I was just showing you a comic earlier about you know, an autobiographical comic. Mm. Look at the art in that early on. It's really, I mean, most people would be kind of if disappointed just, yeah, like, by the, the, the art there. Or if you just flip through it in a bookstore yeah, and like, weren't unable to read it or whatever. Yeah, but I knowing mean, that it was on like all the critics' top ten lists. Yeah. But, and, but that's also because as soon as you pick up that book, yeah. and if you're looking for just, just a character narrative, you, mm-hmm. can, you, know, you can instantaneously understand what the characters are feeling just by looking at the panels and the way that he has it all just right there, just mm. out and open, just so easy to understand. There's that, the readability is, is great right. in, this, in this comic. And, you know, the last thing people, the last thing editors want is for readers to have to, to have to go back and read the page over again. Yeah. And I, I think that's weird, like, um, the way that my coworkers at my last job, they would go on Wednesdays sometimes to buy the new, you know, leaflet American superhero comics. And they would come back to the office and the way they read them was like they would they would read through the issue really fast and then go back and like start critiquing the art and be like, Okay, here are, you know, these pencils and inks and look at this the way mm-hmm. stuff is drawn across the page here. But they were definitely reading it in this way like, you know, 
carefully so they can mm-hmm. find out who all of the like the usual kind of thing American comics fans are obsessed with like who penciled this issue and yeah. how good is their art because the story the character is usually you know a character that's been used a thousand mm-hmm. times and written by different people and then mm-hmm. how this writer's affecting it and that kind of thing but it was it's so much different from like when I read manga I don't usually go back into that kind of detail mm-hmm. I'm like I'm reading it for that chunk of the story and then moving on mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you when you're reading a manga, if you want, if 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 a comic artist with his art is trying to express something, you know, within those pages, mm-hmm. he's going to he, through the layout, he's going to force you to to notice that. Now, you might not think about it initially. Yeah. But it, it, but if you kind of if you go back and actually analyze that page, yeah, you'll you'll notice that there's some pl- something on there that you're supposed to look at. I remember an artist was doing a submission. And I was allowed to sit in on on this just just because I was very new. Mm-hmm. And an, an editor was looking at the art, and he's like, "Oh, so on this, so I notice on this page, this character has a scar." And then the artist was like, "Oh yeah, 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 he does. You know, it's just kind of art, artistic there." Yeah. And then the editor is like, "Well, what is what is the, what is the meaning of the scar? I have to know what this means." <laughs> like explain because, it. Yeah, because yeah. at that point, the way that this artist like laid out that page mm. his, his eyes were directed to that scar for that one point yeah and he needed it, there was so much information on that yeah just that little bit of black yeah that he that he needed to understand what that meant yeah it needs to be, and, there, like in there, and there was and unfortunately the manga hadn't thought about it like that it was right. just Something doing this you know it was just yeah it's just you know some aesthetics yeah uh that he was like you either have to think of something or Get rid of that. I think that's something that easily translates into how films are made. Like, there's one, the example I always give is this one kind of lame action movie where at one point a character is using a blender mm. and there's a close up of the blender mm-hmm. and the character has a line of dialogue like, I really love this blender or something, mm-hmm. like, or I've been loving making these blended drinks or something like mm-hmm. that. And because they did an whole, entire close up, an entire line mm-hmm. of dialogue in an action movie where usually like every shot there's like an economy to it and they yes. cut out any totally unnecessarily dialogue is gone yeah. so I'm like oh this blender is really important to the film it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna come up later yeah. and it did like it was yeah. stolen there's oh, yeah. a plot it, it has like to. yeah I mean I I remember working on another story and you know the the, the, the artist thought it would be great it was, this is Yakuza story mm-hmm. I thought the artist thought it would be great to have you know the scene where a, a Yakuza not, not by his own fault but just had a, a job that didn't work out yeah and he wanted to you know he wanted to go down on his knees and, and beg for forgiveness uh to his bosses and he drew like two whole pages of kind of just him doing this this monologue because essentially that's what it was i mean he was just doing this to make himself feel better yeah the editor for that story was like this is garbage i mean you must, <laughs> this is this looks great yeah. and, I, and i love what you've done, the, done with this but for efficiency's sake we know that this guy feels like shit. Just get rid of all that, and then it's cut. just just cut, he just cuts all of that. Just yeah. pen, just cra- gets, oh. gets, you know, just exits it all out, and just just says, "Let's start off with a panel. Just cut that down to two panels, and not even having him apologize. Just having him just like feel like shit, and yeah. like like somebody talking about him or something. Right. That's it. Like you don't have to have all of this stuff. I mean, it's not efficient enough. You really need to right." You can just you can say so much with those gutters. Yeah, and that's that's what that's the cool thing about manga. The, right, the story needs to be so efficient. Yeah, like a Hollywood movie. We're a little bit pressed for time, yeah. but I do want to make sure to talk about one thing that we've been talking about is 
a sudden shortage in people interested in yeah, becoming manga artists in Japan. So how many submissions did that one magazine get for um, well, the contest? I mean, for their own contests, like they, and this is a major, major, major magazine. You know, they're 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 lucky. They're lucky if they get thirty. Thirty you know, submissions. submissions. This is in a country where, if the circulation was what a successful magazine. Yeah, here, for this magazine. <laughs> and I was shocked when I heard this because because people here in the states would just possibly shit in their pants to have like this type of circulation. But right. uh, a, for a title in this magazine, a bad run would be less than fifty thousand units. Oh, but here, like a good run is like five thousand units. Yeah, a good yeah. It's five thousand. A good run. Like I mean, five thousand would actually run. be great, great in the yeah. world of manga. So three thousand is okay. Or yeah, that's I mean, successful. Yeah. I mean, because once you're done with 3,000, you're usually done with your first run. Right. And most manga here might not even get out of their first run yeah. in a year. No, I know. I've heard like on panels yeah. and stuff, when people go back for a second printing, they're like, score! Yeah. Like, that's great. Yeah. Second printing. I mean, Naruto is one of those few exceptions that goes through has, many, many, many. You know, many, 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 many printings, but... Yeah. So like okay. a hundred thousand is what people want to see. So this is what we're talking. Okay, so we're talking about a magazine with a circulation that's over fifty thousand. Yeah, the magazine circulation is a hundred and eighty thousand. And then they have their but their uh, but their, no, their monthly magazine circulation is not even like a couple thousand. Oh, it's less than that. <laughs> <laughs> like hundred. In the heyday of manga, like the height of yeah. readership, that's like what nineteen eighty nine or eighty six. Uh, the mid nineties were actually the, the height, the height of, for magazines. Okay, like ninety five. Yeah, I'd say well, yeah. At, in ninety five, things were really well. Okay. Then about like ninety eight, they reached like their peak and started to go down from there. Okay, but like in those days, if met the same magazine ran or similar magazine ran a contest like that, would they? Do you think they'd be inundated with submissions? Yeah, actually, that's a good question. I'm not necessarily sure how many people were were submitting back then. But certainly um, more than thirty. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> right. Yeah, no, there was there was clearly more than thirty. I mean, readership for magazines were also up. Certain magazines were in the millions, you know, three point something million. Right. Readers. For this magazine, it wasn't. I don't think it ever got to be that high, but but it was still doing relatively well. But, but for, these know. contests are w- the way that they find new artists. Yeah, right. that's so, like almost one of the. That's one of the few ways they find new talent. So the international competitions we've been seeing a lot lately, like it's my understanding that publisher x or whatever is excited because they'll get several hundred submissions yeah yeah i mean that's the major players are are very cautious about that type of thing yeah because well they don't necessarily understand how easily it's going to be to get to use these talents in their right in their in their 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 comic business because it's so different right the demands are so high right um a lot of international artists are not like prepared or yeah they're not ready for that kind of for that type of commitment yeah but they're definitely intrigued by the excitement and by the diversity and by just the potential that is out there i mean they really want to be able to tap into that yeah so when they end up seeing you know hundreds of submissions for you know the two or three contests that are out there that, that do international talent whether it's by the government or by you know, publishers, mm-hmm. they, they put a lot of time and, and to make it work. Yeah. And that's why, you know, in some cases, the publishers just have 
they struggle to really try to see you know what's to actually give out you know grand prize winners because they really want to find that that rare talent that can make it work right yeah the, the, yes the asha craig ape, the asha craig ape giving yeah. the grappler baki example yeah. again that's yeah that's which is kind of offensive <laughs> yeah that's, i mean but it, it, it it's it is a good i think a, i think a good analogy that that are, that my editor-in-chief over there presented because he you, he is looking for a freak. Like, he, in order for Baki to level up in this ridiculous fighting manga, he ends up fighting a, an ape that's not unlike Bigfoot living mm, in a mountain yeah. somewhere. The ape is also a super tough fighter. Like, yeah. at the end, they become friends. But Yeah, I mean, he's evolved to the point where he is very human. Yeah, it is an ape that uh, honors and buries his own dead, so yeah. they make the point that... But it's also an ape where, like... Baki ends up ripping out his eye and punching him in the brain yeah. in order to stop him. Yeah. <laughs> and, but in the end, you know, when they do become best friends, the ape also gives him, didn't he give him like a tooth or something? He yeah. rips a tooth out and gives gives it to Baki. Yeah, and then he wears it as a necklace. Yeah. And then later, Baki's dad kills that ape <laughs> and brings his head to Baki to make him angry. <laughs> it's like, I, I not only killed your human friends, yeah. I also killed your ape. Yeah, it's, it's funny that we're talking about this because... Itagaki, the mangaka for Baki, is also another Kazuo Koike story, just kind of bringing things back It makes together. so much sense, because describing yeah. the plot straight out of Baki makes less sense than if you just describe the characters. Yeah, well, that, that's yeah. something that AWO covers a lot, that if you describe the forward narrative story of Lady Snowblood, it's crazy yeah, sounding. It's, yeah. it's like, right, instead of from point A to B, it goes X, Y, 9, yeah. 7, right. then back to C. Yeah, triangle. Yeah, triangle, um, smiley face. Where it's like, yeah. like, you know, yes, in order to get revenge on her, on her mother's jailers, Lady Snowblood has to find a man who's a popular newspaper story mm-hmm. writer, and then do something in such a way that he ends up telling her story thinly veiled, so that the jailers will kill themselves when they read it in the paper, and everyone will know that it's them. Mm-hmm. But in order to find this man, she has to walk along the railroad tracks because he doesn't live in one place, and it goes on like this. Mm-hmm. But like the railroad track parts is where it starts. Yeah. So, well, I think that's another another big difference between manga and just manga in Japan and manga here, or even comics over here too. Is just yeah. getting that character story. Right. The character is so yeah. important. I but, mean, it, it, it makes me cringe when I see a cast right from the beginning of more than four. Yeah. You know, because you need to have that main character, right? You need to give him a supporting character. Yeah. You need to give him maybe a love interest and a, and a rival. Yeah. Actually. There's a chapter in this in this book that I just gave you, mm-hmm. uh, where one of the other te- professors of manga university is talking about that, and oh. she she has she personally draws those four characters. Oh, and she has uh, the, the the main character, and she draws the main character in a specific design. Yeah, and then draws her love interest in a design that could only work for that character. Oh, like he has to look a certain way. You know, he has to he has to look good, but he also has to have specific artistic attributes that are similar to her. Oh, you know, because he can't look too different. Okay, personalities can can clash, but their looks not so much. And then the rival has to be like very different, maybe prettier or or smarter or or just sharper. You yeah. Know? And then like the supporting character. Well, I mean, he's a supporting character, <laughs> so he has big thick glasses. And yeah, then. or something like that, or he's. You know, a little more plain, or you know, or he's got you know, beady eyes or something. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> so he can't be a threat to to any of the others. You know? Right. And those are the little artistic cues that you need to pay attention to. But the yeah. rest is you know just making sure that you have a character story that you that the story itself 
story itself will be memorable. Mm-hmm. The events along the way, maybe not so much. Mm. You know, and they don't have nothing has to tie into each other because that's not the way life is. Right. And it's funny when I like see people wanting to make manga over here. People start off with a script and they want to make it, you know, a certain length and mm-hmm. they want to be able to get certain things done along right. the way. But manga isn't necessarily like that when you're in Japan because they're in magazines. Yeah. They're supposed to, they're meant to be serialized. They're meant to be to go on forever, whether it's Kochikame for thirty years or right. you know, Golgo for forty years, you know. <laughs> yeah. Or most mangaka know how they want to end their comics as soon as they, they're gonna draw them. Mm-hmm. But they don't worry about having to deal with that until until they're cancelled? Yeah, until they're cancelled. Right, the popularity like wanes. The very end of the, the two volume Speed Racer set uh, from DMP, what's interesting is like it's clear where the story is cancelled. Because like the thing yeah. with Racer X is going along and whatever, and then you you know, some secrets are revealed. But the ending, in the final chapter, it's like, you know, Racer X shows it and was like, I'm actually your brother. And like this is the last two pages of the final <laughs> story. And I'm like, whoa, it's like <laughs> We're over this week, guys, so wrap it up. <laughs> and, like, the best um, the best manga ending story I heard from a coworker was, like, this big shonen story that was supposed to clearly set up to be, like, long fighting arcs yeah. where there was, like, the big bad guy and he had his team of 12 minor bad guys. Yeah. But after the first bad guy fight with the protagonist, the series was canceled. So the manga artist yeah. wrapped it up by having the big bad guy yeah. kill all of the other 11 dudes to take their powers yeah, yeah, yeah. and then fight the main guy yeah well and he was like oh that was actually really satisfying to read like you know i mean i was i, I was personally str- i struggled with reading dororo mm-hmm. because it was very much like that i mean he has 32 body parts yeah and he only finds like 12 he finds like yeah like eight of them maybe the and movie then, is like that too and then they like walk off yeah the they sunset. just walk off into the sunset i mean another adventure okay dororo i'll see you around you know, what? What? what, what? <laughs> you didn't even finish it. I don't know if Tezuka just was canceled or if it's he was like, just I'm bored. I'm so this. But that's not the way most people would want to end their comics, but that's that's the way a comic will end in Japan. Right. You know? And you have to kind of... You have to know that. You have to know in. that coming in. Yeah, that you're not yeah. even... But, um, oh, to get back to... <laughs> Nobody wants to be a manga artist in Japan anymore. Yeah. And part of the reason is the schedule. Yeah. The pay is probably not. The, part, the pay is actually pretty good. It's okay. Okay. But it's not like... Because the... I, I, the I, main, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't be saying this, but there are there, there are plenty of, of artists in Japan that yeah. want, to be, want to be published here in America. Oh. Even though it pays a lot less? But I... Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, or maybe not. Or maybe not. Maybe not. Like, but everyone wants to, like, but young you, people... But at, but at the same time, you have to understand that there are letterers and, ink, and inkers oh, and in all America. those people that are being paid here in America. Oh, yeah, like the... And the manga has to pay all those people themselves. Right. America, no, I don't, so. like, in a, like, I don't know how it works in, you know, Marvel or DC or whatever, the only that those people are paid dirt, but in, like, the indie comics world, mm-hmm. like, uh, a friend of mine has a book with a certain publisher. He got a very low page rate, but he's taking almost, like, the whole page rate, like for, no, they're paying different rates for coloring and mm-hmm. for the colored pages versus just like the rough draft mm-hmm, pages. Mm-hmm. So maybe two different rates, but he's taking the entire amount for coloring to pay like for flat coloring or mm-hmm. to pay for other people and like just kind of mm-hmm. taking a hit on that to be like, I'm not making enough money, but I'm taking the 100% of the, this rate for coloring and mm-hmm. giving it out, not to the people who are doing the actual skilled coloring, but just to the people who are assisting me. Mm-hmm. So there's that kind of decision. Yeah. But yeah, people are being paid on different levels. That's not really the point of this. It's sort of more like a people wanted in Japan want to do spot illustration or like yeah, light novel illustration yeah. because it's much less work for. Well, I mean, you don't have to. Money. 
you'll have way more than three hours off. Right. <laughs> you you know? might get a whole day off each week. Wow, that would be crazy. <laughs> oh, wait, this is I Japan. Mean, <laughs> I, mean, I, heard, I mean, editors get two days off. That One day off a week? That's, that's insane. <laughs> it's crazy talk. I heard a rumor that, like, this... Not a rumor, but there was, like, a news item that this one Japanese company, because the birth rate has declined so much, yeah. started having a one day or two days a week where they order their employees to go home at five or six, like a reasonable mm. hour, to go specifically to go home and have sex with their wives because there yeah, will be no be awesome. future employees for their company. Yeah. Well, no future Japanese I don't, employees. I don't, know, I, don't know if, I don't know if my company did that. Probably not. Um, <laughs> but they're not looking that far forward. Yeah. But then again, they're, they're, they're doing pretty well for themselves, so I don't think they're worried about like... The next generation of Japan. Next, yeah, I don't know about that, but we never see some of the rivals doing that. <laughs> I can see Karagawa Shoten doing that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because it feels work- I don't know. Just, just, to, just to make sure you make like, for whatever the next Haruhi is going to be in 20 years. Yeah. Just for them, for that, for, for, for that manga to have, for that light novel to have fans. Or readers, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, o- it, but it o- seems it's definitely like- otaku aren't making readers for the right. future right now. R- no, not at all. Not at all. That is oh, that it is. It's a problem where in America, like the work cultures is such that people might hang out after work, and like yeah. the field that I'm in, I think it's important to socialize because you don't get hired in a formal way. It's always like, who do we know who's out of work? So it's important to have like a friend level with people, yeah. so they know you and want to hire you, but also that you they enjoy working with you, yeah. that your work levels and thing. So like I take it very seriously, like to try and attend a certain amount of outside of work activities yeah. or seeing you know their bands play or whatever right. because to show this kind of support but i think in japan there's a different kind of obligation if your boss is like we're going out for dinner later you don't tell him oh i can't because i don't know it's oh, yeah. my I mean, son's play or something yeah. like, no, i mean your boss knows what your schedule's supposed to be yeah so he knows when you can he can when you have to go out to dinner with him when you have to oh but i think like some friends of mine who were taking like a language class they had a whole unit on weaseling out of things because like there's this social obligation like you have to go like to these extra work events whether you want to or not and even if the skills to avoid them were like my mother is sick Mm. and you know people like don't worry blah blah Mm. so you end up kind of showing up Mm-hmm. to these things like because you're socially obligated to and also work obligated to but i think in the u.s you can weasel out of things a lot easier and are not really expected to well, spend that much time outside yeah. of work with your coworkers, I depending mean, it, on the company it's 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 not that cut and dry that you i mean that you're gonna that your job's gonna be at risk if you don't i right. mean if you have work and you can't go out then you you don't but right. but they know that you have work because they work with you yeah and they know when you shouldn't have work now. If you can't go to, if you can't go out because you do have work, then yeah, right. You know, but if you can't go out because you, you have trouble, something, you know. if, but it's different. I'm trying to say like a situation where like you had something scheduled with some friends. What? I'm what, sorry, you friends? Have friends outside of work. You're outside of exactly. You have a life outside of work. I mean, you're supposed. To, I mean, aren't you? Aren't this you is your ha- life. Aren't you happy with us going out to 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 drink? A couple of times a week. I mean, we're we're pl- we're plenty nice people, aren't we? You don't need outside <laughs> friends. <laughs> or like, well, if mean, you had a family, like, and oh, you wanted to go to like a kids' activity or something. I I don't. This would not happen. We're going in a we're going in a direction that's very dangerous right now. Oh. But see, one of one of my mentors, <laughs> one of my mentors, like, 
his home is not in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Because his commute is pretty pretty far. He ended up buying another he bought a he bought a condo in Tokyo. But it's not necessarily close to where he works either. Mm. He is perfectly happy not having to go back home to deal with the issues of going home for just a couple of times a month. Whoa, does he have a family? Yes. Like with kids? Yes. And they just does he have, is his wife like a housewife? Yes. Who just does the whole thing? Yes. Yeah, who does everything? Yes. Mm-hmm. And because his work demands him to be there all to always be working. Yeah. It's he does he I mean he has hobbies and he has things that he likes to do. Yeah. Honestly, I don't there are few there are few dudes that I know have friends. And the only time that I saw those guys hanging out uh, with their friends were on holidays. And man, I mean, they they go out and hang out like they're going to work because <laughs> six a.m. We gotta go hang out. Until, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. It's like till they, four a.m. Until four a.m. Actually, no, this is a good story, and I don't think anyone anyone would would be able to trace this back. <laughs> I was hanging out with an artist in Kabukicho. At 3 a.m. Now, earlier that night, we were we went to dinner, and then we, we were hanging out in Kabukicho to, to do research. We were taking pictures of of hosts on the street. <laughs> Seems like safe work. Yeah, I mean, totally safe No, work. I mean, people are okay with that? Yeah, people were like, okay with that. Okay. I mean, people were not happy that there, I, you know, there was this foreigner taking the pictures. Right. But fortunately, I wasn't with a foreigner okay. myself, so, you know, nobody was going to beat me up over it. But, Cause, oh, just because you were with a Japanese yeah. guy? Yeah. But yeah, no, we were we were out there, and then eventually we just decided, you know, we took enough pictures, we're just gonna ha- hang out and, wa- and just laugh at the at the Ikemen. Mm. And because neither of us are good looking or what's an Ikemen? An Ikemen? An Ikemen is a a guy that gets girls. Uh, yeah. So. But in America, that it doesn't really. There's not an equivalent, or is there? Not really, because Ikemen don't necessarily have to look. I mean, are they pretty they, guys? They, they make themselves pretty. Okay, so it's like a metrosexual. Yeah, they're thing. definitely very much that type of aesthetic. Yeah, and they they have like the they force themselves to have the personality to get to get women women at, you know, to to kind of live that this lifestyle. Uh, but you and your friend not so much. No, no. <laughs> no that's that's neither that's here. Point. That's, right, yeah, that's right. neither here nor there. But so, anyway. so we're hanging out, and it's about like three forty-five in the morning at this time. Yeah. And stumbling out of who knows where in Kabukicho. Do you know? Are you familiar with Kabukicho in, uh, in Shinjuku? You talk with me a lot about it, but I don't. Yeah, I it's don't it's it. it's Tokyo's uh, one of its fa- most famous red light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's filled with bars and full of hostess clubs and host clubs. Yeah, and, that's why I said I uh, wondered if it was dangerous work. Yeah, because uh, if any neighborhood, not, not so much Tokyo. anymore. It's, I mean, the government has really cracked down on that place uh, uh, quite a bit, and. You know, I don't know what Kabukicho is going to look like in a couple of years, but it's pretty. It's I like mean, Times Square with like Disney theaters. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be sad when that happens. But um, yeah, no, he comes stumbling out with two of his college rugby buddies. The artist guy? He, uh, no, he's an editor. Oh, okay. They've got these huge like uh, satchels. I don't know what they were doing <laughs> down there, and and he was just gone. But he like I, blind but, drunk. Yeah. He, first, he didn't see me. Then, then something clicked. Yeah. And he crosses like the, the street by Studio Alta. Yeah. You know, right in front of uh, Shinjuku Station. Mm-hmm. 
he just crosses, runs across the street in a little red light, and he's like, oh, hey, we got work tomorrow, right? And I'm like, are you coming in? Uh, well, yes, I am coming in. Okay. And what are you doing? He asks the artist. Yeah. And he's like, I'm doing research. Okay. Because <laughs> for the artist, what is he, I mean, seriously, what is he doing when he's, he's got deadlines? Yeah. But remember, this is a holiday. Right. This, this is a holiday. Oh, okay. So he was able to be out. Yeah. And literally, I mean, the artist was able to be out. But yeah. remember, there's still, there's still a magazine that will go to print in mm. a day. It's not like a so, Sunday. It's like a national holiday. Yeah, it's a national holiday. Okay. But in theory, all of us should have been at work. Oh. <laughs> or, or, or like in work mode. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure what to take out from take away from that story about the work culture or not. Okay. I think we have to wrap this up, sadly, because we have like other things that uh, yeah. we need to do today. But what do you, that's too complicated of a question. I'm like, what? I don't know. We were just in your Comic-Con. So yeah. what, what do you think is the big thing that came out of the con? You know what's interesting? I think, I think expect, more, expect more diversity from, from manga mm. uh, within the next year plus. Because of the titles that Viz picked up? Not just that, but also some of the titles that, um, you know, The Return of Yatsuba. Yeah is intriguing to me because I'm not a fan necessarily of the characters per se. Mm. I like Jumbo because he's, I think he's, I think he's a lolicon, but. <laughs> Wait, you like him because he's a lolicon? Yes, but. I like, you know, we, I like Jumbo despite the fact he's a lolicon. Okay. Anyway. But if people want to actually see a good, a, a well-drawn manga, mm-hmm. read Yotsuba. Mm. I think right now, and then look at some of these other titles. Yeah, a lot of the titles from Viz. If people really want to learn how to draw manga, it's it's going to be a very fun time. Oh, now, yeah. people oh. need to look at these comics with a very critical eye yeah. to understand what they're trying to say yeah. just through the art and through those, through those panels. Mm-hmm. But if we're able, if the manga industry here is able to continue to release titles like this to mm. people who want to learn mm. not only to draw stories like that but just to draw any story yeah. in, in, a, in a manga format I think there's a lot of potential uh, for good things something I wanted to uh, mention that I forgot to you earlier is that at a lot of these panels and uh, online as well mm. when publishers say they're looking for someone domestic to do stories for them yeah. fans are always like how about just writing and it seems like that's a big attitude. Like a lot of people who might be interested in doing stories on the internet are only interested in writing it and mm-hmm. hardly ever interested mm-hmm. in drawing it. I don't know if it's like an issue where they're like intimidated or not confident or mm-hmm. it's just much easier to type something than it is to draw, mm-hmm. which it is. But I think that's really difficult because for the most part, the response from publishers is always, that's fine if you just want to write it. But then in that case, you need to find your own artist. Yeah. And it is much easier to find artists now, like on with DeviantArt and everything like that yeah. it's easier to find someone but I think it's difficult to find someone who is willing to work with you yeah oh if you're I'm going through that, like, my, through that right now yeah I mean, and if you have I'm a friend to the point of like trying to pull hair out because or teeth out because it is it's to the point where mm-hmm. it's almost like you maybe your time is better spent learning how to draw yourself yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, you don't know about, about that but uh you know it, it's a really difficult problem because then I think like it doesn't really work like if you have a friend who knows how to draw it's not that easy to get them to draw something for yeah. you it starts like you can learn an important well, lesson from Genshiken that yeah. it ends your friendship eventually yeah. like do you are you willing to have them draw for you at the expense of losing your friend right 
or that so it's easier to find someone you don't know that well but see that that goes back in tune with like why people don't want to be mangaka yeah like because drawing is hard drawing is hard and yeah i think yeah. and there's an ego element yeah. too where it's really t- it's really difficult to hear yeah. about someone critique your art because which is why when people say you know you can just find artists at DeviantArt, i'm like you can find you can find, you can them. find character designers at the demon art you can't really give people a draw for yeah. you like not on that kind of labor-intensive yeah. level there are not very many people who want to get their ass kicked right for fun yeah or I, I shouldn't say for fun for money for money yeah yeah if you're giving them a lot of money i think it find you find it much easier to find an artist but on the other hand it's like yeah. are they gonna really want to go through the work schedule and Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. Because, yeah, you can get paid more for cover illustrations and yeah. things like that. And the, even the artists who I worked with at work, they're interested in cover art mostly. Yeah. They're not really interested in doing a super long format comic. And comic. The, the one thing that I think would really, more so than art, would be just having more opportunities for people just to make comics and have, like, deadlines and stuff. I mean, we were hanging out with some people recently who were saying they were they live in a really small country they have conventions romania no I'm yeah just they have conventions like once a month or something that's kind of the way it breaks down almost right yeah yeah they can go to once yeah, a month if they yeah. want i mean if 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 i were you know in their shoes i'd be like okay we're going to use this to be kind of like our deadline we all need to make a chapter a month and just yeah. be like and then at the end of all this you have you have your anthology right? yeah to be but, like the next year you yeah, an anthology exactly but most people don't want to have to be killed like that. right and that's not yeah. like they don't for not not all of them can make their soul living that way. Yeah. So it's different to be like, I have this job where I earn money to eat and yeah. this other job for me where yeah. that may never turn into it. Well, that's really the, on, the only way you'll be able to make it in this industry though. Because yeah. even even the artists themselves will tell you that if, if they did not have deadlines, they yeah. would not improve. No, they would never. They would never improve. Yeah. That's the fear of missing a deadline that right. keeps them working. Yes. And working in television, where the storyboard artists, they have these constant deadlines, but they're all, they turn into really good artists, because they yeah. have to draw hundreds of pages of storyboard, and they have to get it done yeah. on the, or the roughs one week, yeah. next week is the cleanup sto- storyboard, and then we're revised, and then finished, and then yeah. the show airs, and whatever time. But they become good really quickly, yeah, because they have to draw so much so yeah. fast. So message to North American, or just <laughs> manga publishers out there, if you're making your own, maybe you don't, maybe you don't like having, you know anthologies or magazines or whatever yeah give people deadlines i mean keep people yeah. deadlines and have them stick with it yeah. and the shorter you can make those deadlines the better the better yeah <laughs> but unfortunately that means you know having finding artists that are willing to do that and then finding editors that are willing to work on that type of schedule too right and, you know, it's not gonna They're be put in work too. It's, it's changing the whole system the editor who's willing to scan your pages yeah. and number everything but then they have to have the burning pen yes the screaming pen the screaming pen the blue flame and the burning ink yeah or to the point where even if the manga office catches on fire, absolutely, they're they, still they're still they're crying because their their boss, <laughs> you know, their assistants are running away, and then they're like, no, no, no wait, the boss is still drawing. Sensei, 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 doing everything himself. He's inking and towing all by himself. Just like he, he, he's he's trying to deal with it with his feet, and then and then his assistants come in and they're like. And then they're like, he doesn't say anything. He just, he just, he's just burning up, <laughs> literally and figuratively. And then they're like, okay, okay, <laughs> we're, we're all gonna go down. 
Wait, I thought you said this was like based on a true story or something. No, no, no. no, no, no. This, this is just a comic that they did. Okay. This is one of Shimamoto uh, uh, Kazuhiko's stories. <laughs> and yeah. But that's that's the passion you have to have to be in manga. That's the level of dedication required. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing else would, would suffice. Right. Um, I regret that we didn't get to talk about how manga artists then have a common death age of 40, but <laughs> we'll have to save that for another yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can, I can... I can forward you the web link so you can put, put that article that I sh- shared with you guys. Oh, okay. About Bakuman and mm. Seishun Magazine. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, with like, and that is a true story. Seishun Magazine is kind of loosely based off of the manga's life and Kurancha's Shonen Magazine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, two young artists, <laughs> they didn't even make 20 years. They just went, just went crazy and the other guy <laughs> keeled over. <laughs> <laughs> Only to leave Kobayashi-san, the creator of Club Nine, and and Ooh. what's Michael alone, friendless, just ah. oh he doesn't just have any... desperate to make deadline. Ah, he doesn't have any friends because his other manga artist friends died at a young age. Is what we're getting down to. And like the example that uh, I'm sure my mom will listen to this later is that uh, my own dad uh, doesn't have any friends his own age because yeah. all of his friends were people who drank really hard yeah. and lived life too hard yeah. and all of them were dead of drunk driving or heart attacks huh. before they made it to 50 or 55. So it's like that, except they were just drawing comics. Yeah. So in order to succeed, you need to have the fiery pen and the strict deadlines, but also it will kill you yeah. at a young enough age. Yeah. I mean, that's another story I mean, entirely, podcast yeah. entirely. Right. The PSA because, about comics yeah. will kill you. This comics is the, will, this comics is the, will kill you. This is the podcast. That, I, should, more I, like, should, I, should, I should try to like set up a, a panel someplace. Yeah. Just about that. I comics have, will kill you. I would have probably read my boss <laughs> like that, but I don't have enough. But yeah, <laughs> you should San Diego. San Diego? That'd be awesome. <laughs> 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 do that with like a lot of kids are... of, 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 uh, of the pushman or something yeah yeah comics will kill you there's a there Adrian used to be... sitting between us and just struggling to draw one page a month <laughs> anyway <laughs> manga will manga, you know people think manga will rot your brain but it it, it, it kills you in many other ways right it's totally killing yeah. quickly killing the artist <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,